Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast, and I am here with the people's favorite, Lovey. <laughs> and I and you, you've said how to say your last name a million times, and I'm gonna try Ajayi. Did I say it right? Just like that, yes. Okay, I thought I was like, I feel like you have you have said this countless times, um, but I am thrilled to have you on. I typically do my podcast by myself, but lately I just have decided that I'm going to have people on my podcast, but the rule is I have to have met them before. So I have met you before and I want to, I feel like the very first time I met you was back when you were with Patrice Afrobella. Yes. And... I was like, we were talking about, it was all about fashion and beauty bloggers at that time. Right. And so what were you thinking? Like, did you think you were going to pop? Because I just saw you celebrated 10 years as a blogger. Right. What were your thoughts back then? That's like five, six years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I just was on the periphery of like the popular blogging in terms of like, only reason why I knew about the fashion and the beauty bloggers is because of I hung with Patrice Afrobella. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they were all the rave then. Nobody was paying attention to other types of bloggers unless you were like a very popular gossip blogger. Okay. So I was in the space where I'd, I was like, I kind of don't fit in any of the boxes. So yes. in that time, I was being ignored still by a lot of people. Yes, I remember. And I, re- and I remember wondering, like, what is she going to do? I, I had no idea until I took a look at your blog. And um, we are here today to talk about this book, I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual. And this comes out when, Lovey? It comes out on September 13th. September 13th. Everybody must go get it. I got my advanced copy and I was sitting here going, I feel, I mean, as an overachiever, I feel so good guilty reading this because it's so funny um it's so funny but that's fine the way that I'm going to break this podcast down lovey is we are going to talk about you for a little bit then we're going to talk about my two favorite chapters in this book (laughs) and then I'm gonna uh, what I do on my podcast is that my listeners ask real life questions and I'm gonna let you answer those questions the lovey way I'm down for it let's do it Okay, so I just saw that you celebrated 10 years as a blogger, um, but you were still new to a lot of people. When would you say that you really hit or got popular to your to you? To me, I would say two years ago is when I like it's kind of no two or three years ago. I would say probably around the time of season two of Scandal. Okay, because. I mean, I've always had people who read my blog, like, loyally. Like, I've had mm-hmm. people who've been reading my blog, commenting for eight or nine years. Really? But it, I was basically, like, the undiscovered thing. But, like, right. I had this core group that were like, oh, we've been here. Right. But when Scandal hit and I started writing Scandal recaps, it brought a whole new group of people to my site who had never read my work. People wow. People were like, whoa. You know, people would say, like, I found you through your scandal recaps and I stayed for everything else. Wow. And you scan the, they didn't ask you to write about this. This is just something you decided to do on your own. Right. It was totally just me being like, there's a show I love to watch. I want to talk about it. So I started writing the recaps and started creating this community of people around this show that was highly popular, but people didn't know how to kind of unpack it. So my blog ended up being the place where you come unpack it. (laughs) 
Okay. I And this is what's so sad. I've never seen Scandal. I don't really watch much TV, but I am on social media and I have seen that Shonda Rhimes appears to be a real fan of yours. Yeah, that is unreal to me sometimes because I'm like, whoa, she created this show. Yeah, no, she's she's dope. Her and I have met three times now. Oh, my God. And I moderated a panel with her two months ago at the White House. So that was kind <gasps> of like, what? And, and that was my question is that I was like, you Shonda Rhimes is constantly tweeting you. She tweeted your book. You've met Oprah. Um, what does this do to you psychologically? Oh, my God. It's a trip, yo. Like, <laughs> I'll even use an example. So for the panel that I was moderating for the White House, it was for the United States of Women Conference that the White House uh, did for, like, 3,000 women, that they did an invite-only thing. So when wow. I asked to moderate a panel, I was like, oh, cool. I mean, first it was cool no, that I was, like, being a part of this White House event. And then they sent me the list of people who were on the panel, and I see Gloria Steinem, and I wow. see uh, Sanaa, who is, like, the head of development for marvel and then i see shonda's name and i was like holy smokes <laughs> so they tell us to get on the conference call to talk about the panel so i'm thinking every because it's like six or seven people who are like the head of drop diversity at dropbox so mm-hmm. i'm thinking it was just gonna be me and like six assistants right okay i somehow end up on the call 10 minutes late don't even ask me i'm terrible i saw that and in, in the book you talk about how nigerians are always we late always to late to everything we can't help it i was <laughs> How was I late to a conference call? How are you 10 minutes late to a conference call? To a conference call. Let me tell you, I'm the worst. Like, when I tell you, I was like, what? Oh, my God. So I, like, hurriedly get on the conference call. And they're like, oh, Levy's here. Great. And they're like, you know, they talk through. And then the person who from the White House side was like, okay, so anybody have any questions? Shonda speaks. And I was like, oh, it's Shonda herself on the call. (laughs) She was like, oh, I I don't have any questions. I trust Levy's going to have this. Well, I was like, what? While we were on the call, I get a message from Shonda, an email, like from wow. her email address. That's like, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you in D.C. When I tell you, I had to mute my phone to squeal. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like, Shonda and I are like friends. I was like, of. holy smoke. She like sent me an email in the middle of the conference call to say I'm looking She's forward amazing. to seeing you. Yo, I, I literally was like, just, just let me lay here on this floor. <laughs> I don't need nothing else today. That's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, even though I haven't read, um, even though I haven't seen Scandal, I did read her year of yes, oh, which you and I incredible. talked about when we were in Barbados, yeah. was it? And mm-hmm. I was like, you must read this. And I'm like, I don't know anything about, I haven't watched a single show of hers, but that book is mind blowing. Like, I just love it. So if anybody hasn't read year of yes, I recommend you do that. But okay. So, the question that I have is that after you do this, you've talked to Shonda. Have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? Like, have you ever felt like you're a little bit of a fraud with some of this that you're doing? Absolutely. Imposter really? syndrome. Oh, yeah. I actually wrote a piece about imposter syndrome three months ago on uh, Medium. Because okay. when you're in the room with all these heavy hitters, you can't mm-hmm. help but question yourself. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> right. And in those times, you have to keep in mind that, okay... The fact that you're in the room, even if for some Mm -hmm. reason started as a mistake, it is no longer a mistake. Just for the mere facts that you are there. Yep. Hold that with you. And then two, you also have to understand that there are people who are less gifted as you who do more than you just because they believe they can. Mm. So the idea that like there are mediocre people who like (laughs) belong elsewhere, but they're in this room and you are exceptional. So you don't have the right to question yourself. Wow. 
That's, I, I don't know. I feel like I've had that question. People ask me that. And it's something that I've also dealt with. And it's just like, you, like you said, and I have talked to my therapist about this. And her whole thing was like, because I used to feel intimidated when these big, huge companies would call me. And she's like, they wouldn't be calling you if you didn't know something they didn't know, yep. you know? Yep. So just she was like, help me call it what it was. And at the time it was intimidation. And it was like, you're intimidated by these people. And so once I recognized what was going on, I was just like, you know what? There's no need for me to be intimidated. And my problem was I had went on their LinkedIn and I'm like, oh my God, Stanford, Harvard, this, that. <laughs> and I'm over here, you know, I have a fashion degree at the end of the day. Right. So, all right. Uh, in, I don't know, do you read, uh, do you, are you a fan of Malcolm Gladwell? No, well, I haven't really read much of his stuff. Okay, if you, you don't have to read a lot of his stuff, but he has a fantastic podcast that I think you would like. Um, and everybody knows about his book. Well, not everybody, because it's not you, but he wrote this book in 2008 called Outliers. And he's got this 10,000 hours rule that you may have heard oh, of. Yeah. It says 10,000 hours is the magic number of greatness. And I want to know as much as you can quantify how much actual time do you spend doing this? Meaning reading, watching, and writing? Because I don't think people, I mean, we see your cartoon, you're funny as hell. It looks, it, it feels so effortless, but I like, what does this really look like? Um. Oh my goodness. So at this point, I've been blogging for 13 years. And with everything, anything that you spend a lot of time doing, you have to get better at it just for the pure fact that you are practicing it every, every single time you do it. Okay. And people always say like, oh, my God, how are you able to build this thing? I'm like, I just was one of the ones who stuck at it. Yeah. You know, I was one of the ones who kept writing even after everybody else closed their blogs. There are a lot of people who started blogging at the same exact time that I did who you don't know their name just because they no longer blog. Mm. so I always tell folks that I just stuck with it I did this for a long time I read all the time I'm writing all the time um okay. yeah like my blog is became popular because people knew come hell or high water that I was gonna have a post up about whatever's, right. whatever's happening in the world um and my blog is one of the few that only has one read one one writer like I am the person who creates 99% of the content on my blog. And the only reason why there's a 1% left over is like six or seven years ago, I did like a guest post week where I allowed people okay. to, to write on my site. But my audience is very possessive of my voice. Yes. And if somebody <laughs> else shows up, they're going to be like, who is this? It's like if you get a substitute teacher. Right, exactly. You don't know how to be behave. That's going to be them. So yeah. I tell them it comes with all the perks and all the the cons of one person it means if i'm burned out y'all not gonna get nothing new and that's fine you're gonna have to deal right but just know i'll be back <laughs> <laughs> i'll be back okay so you read a lot what are some things that you read like what can you know if i went through your browser if i was at your house books magazines like what are some things that you have to have every day and stuff you love this year um i read articles all day every day one as a mm -hmm. social media strategist i need to stay on top of the trends what's happening so i'm reading mashable i'm reading TechCrunch, lifehacker mm -hmm. business insider forbes because i think there's always something we can be learning always right. you have to always practice your craft you have to, you have to sharpen it so mm -hmm. that reading is important in terms of books there are times when if I have a weekend where I'm just like you know what I don't feel like leaving my house mm -hmm. I will sit and just read books the rest of the weekend and recently it was like three weeks ago and I read two books 
in the weekend. Wow. It was, I read Tia Williams' The Perfect Find, mm -hmm. which is so yes. good. Oh. It, I ha it's sitting on my night. Yo, day. it's so good. I'm, I was like, Tia, I need you to go ahead and get started on the sequel. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I read Tia's book, and I read a book that somebody who actually um, is a Facebook friend of mine messaged me. It was like, I think you'll like this book. I want to send it to you. Okay. It, it's, her name is Eliza. Eliza sent me a book called A Man Named Ove. Mm. it's so good it's about this man who's just like everyone sees sees him as the grumpy neighbor but really mm. at his core he's one of the most principled men ever and how wow. he basically learns how to come out his shell but okay. so i read those two books in that weekend and i just oh love doing that oh it's so good oh my gosh i mean you must be a speed reader i am you? okay I am. yeah which is why you can probably consume tons of content a day right right i can Okay. And this is my last question before we get into the book. Um, in your recent 10 year anniversary blog post that I read, I read that when you posted it, you wrote about expanding your team of one. Yes. And I think that that is probably one of the questions that I get all the time is how do you come to terms with getting help in like, in terms of trust how, you know, is there a method that you have? Like, is there a marker? Is that there's something as I have a thing that I do to help me figure out whether or not I'm going to trust someone. But like, what is your method with that? My method is over time. Mm -hmm. So my assistant now, when she first started with me, I was giving her very low level tasks. Okay. Um, and then as she kept going, I was able to hand over more stuff. I was able to show that, okay, now that you know me better, now, now that you know how I like things to be done, now I can give you this stuff to do for me. So okay. she started doing my newsletter. Like she's the person who sends out my newsletter every two weeks. Um, okay. That goes out where I put like exclusive information, where like mm -hmm. that's where I drop tour stop. So I literally will give her, now I can tell her one word and she knows how to answer an email on my behalf by just saying no. Okay. Um, finding a team is hard, especially when you're a type yeah. A control freak. Yes. Especially when you're used <laughs> to people dropping the ball around you. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. It's not going to be something that one day you're going to be like, yes, now I can hand it all over. No, it's putting the trust of your business and your livelihood in somebody else's hands in some way. But you yeah. just have to post some, you have to be able to feel comfortable though, that things are not blowing up in your absence. So have checkpoints, have ways for you to, to, be, to still be in the know, even if you're not the person handling the details. That's important for me. Gotcha. I get it. I know. Do you think you're a good boss? I don't know. I could probably be a better boss. One, I, I'm, st I'm still like struggling with how much stuff to delegate. Mm -hmm. So that is, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I don't know yeah. if I'm a good boss or not. Cause I'm the boss who's like, Hey, can you make this d done by Monday? Cool. On Monday, if it's done. Yes. If it's not done, there's still, I still have trouble kind of holding people fully accountable. Mm. Like I have a habit of just brushing things off, even when balls are dropped. Not of good. just being like, I just do it myself. Yeah. Versus calling them the task. And I'm asking this because I think that as an entrepreneur, the hardest part for me is not the work. It's this part, you know, it's like, I'm a hard, I feel like I'm not the best manager. Um, and I, and I get that. It's like trying and feeling like if I have to tell you how to do it, I may as well do it. You know what I mean? Right. Or bringing it up to talk to you about it. It's kind of just like, it's just not the best way to spend time, but it becomes a bigger problem when you don't handle it. This is fact. This is actually true. Yeah. So it's something I got to work through because even as a boss, so like I, I'm also running a nonprofit organization um, yes. called the Red Pump Project. And I have a team of seven women 
and mm-hmm. you know there are time there are times when I'm like okay am I delegating too much or am I holding too much to myself um, and lately I've actually been trying to make it a point to where I want the organization to be able to run even if I'm not there day to day so trying okay. to set up the structure of okay what are the things that I do that currently nobody else does on the team can that be passed mm-hmm. on to somebody else because yep. the point of a nonprofit is not that the organization lives or die based on the executive director. Mm-hmm. So I've right. just been seriously assessing like, okay, what are my tasks? What can everybody else do if I come up missing? Right. And that's the part that's difficult. I try to say that even to the people on my team, like try to delegate out as much stuff as you possibly can. You know what I mean? If there's anybody on payroll here, delegate that stuff all the way out uh, so that you have time to focus on what it is that you do. Right. You know? All right. So now I'm going to get into this book. Um, I have two chapters, which probably are going to speak to my personality when I tell you the one. <laughs> I feel slightly ashamed that these are my favorites so far, but I want to talk about the first one is chapter three, when Bayhood goes bad. Uh, yes. So I'm going to read the first uh, couple sentences of chapter three on page 27. You say, love is blind and can render you averse to making sensible decisions. Sometimes we get into relationships and lose all semblance of grounding because those endorphins have us all googly eyed. And so you go on to tell a story about your friend that was dating a guy with a bike. So he had no car, a gambling problem. I'm not even sure. Did he have a job? Listen, do we know he had a job? Girl, so, but this is the thing is that I don't care how sophisticated you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. I feel like some of us read all of us self-included have all been through yep. something like this. Yep. You know, like I am not like when I read this, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to sit here, but I'm not that type of person. I'm not even going to sit here and act like I haven't also starred in this movie. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about the story, you know, of, of this girl. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. That is your favorite chapter because I actually had a lot of fun. That was actually one of my favorite chapters to write. Cause yeah. And you're like, mom, skip this chapter. Cause it is like, I sat there on the plane cracking. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time writing that chapter. Cause I actually, that is the one chapter that I read that I mm-hmm. actually laughed at. Cause I don't typically yes. write at my own writing. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. typically laugh at my own writing, but that one made me laugh just because the story is so absurd. So yes. We all know that one person who got all their stuff together. Like, mm-hmm. they're like bosses in their life, like amazing <laughs> house. They got all their stuff. They got a nice 401k. Like, there's, yes. that's your friend that you go to for, like, business advice and stuff like that. But their personal life is always in shambles. She's basically Olivia Pope. Okay. Like, so, <laughs> in this chapter, I talk about how one of my friends tells me about, like, her guy that she's, like, having problems over and he happens to be some dude who does not have a job he does not have a car he rides on a bike he has a gambling problem and has the nerve to be mad at her he comes up missing mm-hmm. and this fool goes to his mom's house because that's where he lives because you know mm-hmm. he ain't got his own place which is crazy yeah. I, I, okay and then okay. his mom is like, oh, yeah, he's in he's in jail because he was arrested for, for like counterfeit money, which is like how many levels like team bad. <laughs> he's like team. Pre- he's like the team president of team bad uh, decisions. Like he's executive it, director and president <laughs> of the board. Yes. 
And it's like, how does he have time to be doing all this? But this is the part that I was like, okay, um, you there's a part where you talk about these kind of guys and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about <laughs> these kind of guys that, okay, you say these guys spend so much time working on being fantastic fantastic at sex that they have no time left to nurture and develop other areas of their life. <laughs> and you talk about, you know, I can see why you can't hold a job or file taxes. It's not your fault, gentlemen. You were so busy learning how to be of sexual service that you missed the class on being a decent human being. Yes. But I just, I feel like it's... Why does it seem like no one is exempt from this, even if they are smart? It's because it doesn't matter how smart you are. A guy who is a penis prince will like have <laughs> you doing all types of stuff that you wouldn't even know. You'd be like, I don't even recognize myself right now. Like, I should know better, but yes. I can't know better because I am under the trance of the penis. And it happens oh. to everybody. Like, that That crosses socioeconomic levels. <laughs> it crosses where you grew up. That yes. is like a universal truth. Like, men can have you doing all types of stupid stuff just because they're amazing at sex and that's a problem <laughs> oh my god I, I wrote I wrote down in my notes I said there's a guy walking around right now owing me $500 that I loaned him <laughs> in, my dumb, in my dumb 20s because in your words the pain was too bomb it was too bomb yo like seriously people I mean like for real everybody has that one story that's like why did I even stay with Girl. that guy past that thing but then you remember what he did and you're like yep you right <laughs> you're right and you go back and you look back at like all the all the red flags all the signs and it was just you don't see them you don't see them so i i really love that one and i just um when people get a chance to read this book like i like you're going to squeal laughing and i, I cracked up when just when I opened the book, because I started reading it on the plane, and you talked about that lady on the plane in in row forty seven <laughs> who wants to race off, and as a frequent traveler, I just was like, these people annoy me. They do. Like, where are you going? Like, I'm a frequent traveler too, and that stuff is always hilarious. <laughs> the people who you can hear take off their seatbelts before the plane even <laughs> lands, you like, where are you going though, sir? You're on the same plane as I am. You can't right. get, chill, chill, chill. Yes. <laughs> Chill, sit down. Sit okay. Down. And then my favorite. So I really love talking about that chapter because I feel like I want, you know, some of the women, some of the listeners, like if you have gone through that, you are not there's nothing wrong with you. Right. We have all we have all been there. Yes. Um and I guess I guess what I'll ask you is, do you know or do you have any ways that you think someone can prevent falling into this kind of relationship you know what i i don't because i don't because literally i could be like well you can delay no because no. we grown you want to do certain things which is cool mm -hmm. but the right. way you have to make sure you kind of balance yourself out is mm -hmm. have some girls to bounce things off of yeah so they kind of look at this objectively and look at this dude who they have no experience with and be able to mm -hmm. say like okay yeah he's tripping and try not to pick up his phone call you might not be able to like accept their um their advice but at least you want to have your crew to be like girl no don't do it mm -mm, i've been here before it is this it yes. is not gonna go well you need that stuff you need that, that. was that was crazy because I have a friend who was coming to visit and she got dropped off one of her, she was just in town and one of her girlfriends dropped her off and she, her dude was in the car and he was in the passenger seat and just something about the way he was sitting in the passenger seat. I was like, he ain't got no car, do he? <laughs> <laughs> and my friend was like, oh my God, how do you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> I think just because I've been through this so many times, I was like, you know, but, and, and, and so because I felt like I need to tell you this. So I told the girl, I was like, he don't have a car, do it. She's like, he doesn't. I was like, please make sure. And so 
he has a car now and so there's still things are still going well apparently and he now has a car but you just gotta like you gotta force that kind of stuff on people because you can't get blinded um and it's easy to get blinded that's the crazy part you look up and you like nine months has gone by and i am still on shenanigans with this fool yeah do you think some of that do you think some of that is because and you you consume a lot of this uh but like the steve harvey's of the world these books uh, you know books and movies and things that are constantly saying to like women um you know x amount of you know 46 percent of african-american women won't marry and right. you know do you think the pressure and we're going to talk and do you think this pressure that we're going to talk about in my second favorite chapter chapter 15 your facebook is my soap opera about that person who is you know this bleeding heart do you think that society in some ways has like made us feel like oh my god i'm gonna die without anybody absolutely I'm gonna die absolutely first yeah. of all i am so over these stupid relationship experts who have yes. multiple marriages or who are single as a dollar bill they are more single mm. than the freaking snowflake and i'm just like <laughs> and like one particular relationship expert Ugh, I, I hope it's i hope it's i hope it's not the one i can't stand yeah i can't stand none of them <laughs> And like there are all these <laughs> these men who have no type of qualifications besides the fact that they have a penis and are telling mm-hmm. women what they're doing wrong and how they're not enough. And it yeah. gets on my nerves because people are absorbing this information and really trying to direct their lives based on these men telling them they're not good enough and what they need to be doing different, and how they need to be better than they are. And it's yeah. always and it's like steeped in misogyny because it's never about how men need to do better. It's about how women. This is what you're right. doing. How, this is how you're gonna lose the man. Seven Ugh. ways to lose a man. Eight ways to keep your man happy. How about y'all write a piece about nine ways to not be a fuckboy? Like, <laughs> like, right, like, right, right, right. That stuff it irks my spirit. I, I agree. It's just like all of the information, the books, the things that sell that are, you know, it's toward the women and it's like the men can actually do some learning too. And I will say that there are a couple of these like relationship inst- insta insta relationship experts where, you know, I think in some ways you and I both have become popular on social media because we are, we are proven at something, right? right? We, we said we do, we said this is what we do and then we proved it. Yeah. And I'm just like, being able to type up some BS words about how you would act if you had somebody <laughs> don't make you an expert. Oh, and you have to, of course, put these words on like a button with like a mountain behind it. So like, and then you have to quote yourself all the time. And then you have to be like, yes, I'm an expert. There are so many people who do this and it just, my whole spirit be like, please, everybody do not. These people are sitting in their house, mm-hmm. who knows, in their mama's house telling yeah. you, what you got to do better. Meanwhile, we find out one of them was married for two months. How? <laughs> like, like got a divorce, not an annulment, a divorce after two months. And you after tell people months. how to live and love? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I saw, and I want... I, ugh. I saw yeah. that. I saw that. And I wonder how... I was like, okay, I wonder how that affects you, affects you as an expert. And I saw that there's all these clauses that nobody can talk about it because, I mean, I'm sure that this would affect that person's livelihood. Of course. But, you know, it also behooves us to figure out who we are accepting advice from and mm-hmm. how we're comparing our lives to other people because what you're seeing... It's just smokes and mirrors. It's like yep. a bunch of folks creating lives for themselves for social media, for the purpose of social media. So meanwhile, you're sitting at home feeling bad about your life because you're like, look at theirs. Right. They made that up. 
<laughs> they made that up because they can't. <clears throat> okay. Now I want to talk about chapter 15. Your Facebook is my soap opera. And I want to just say throughout the book, you talk about different people and I have been, I am at least one person in every chapter. So are you I serious? Can, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. When you're just like that one friend that, you know, that one friend that, and I'm like, oh my God, that's me. You talked about that one friend who we talked, you talked about the dinner, going to, going to dinner with friends. And that one friend that like picks the place, like that doesn't care about people's like budgets um, or the person that's like, I'll get a couple glasses of wine and be like, can we split it? And I was like, oh my God, you know, I don't really think about that, but I mean, I, that's okay because I don't mind being called out. So you talk about the five stages of a Facebook relationship, <laughs> which, which I am also very much entertained by. Um, so let's talk about uh stage and there's the girl you know you, you talk about all the hashtags cute boot sweater posting a picture of their date night date tonight slaying a little hashtag black hashtag blue hashtag denim hashtag my drink hashtag kisses oh my god so the first stage is that uh stage one of the stages of a facebook relationship is that they meet someone and they have a date yes um and you talked about, and this is where I found myself guilty. They never show enough of the other person that we can identify who they're going out with, you know, because they like their privacy coughs. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, we see this all the time. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on this person? This bleeding heart, the bleeding heart, bless their hearts. I'd be rooting for them. <laughs> I do. As I laugh at their shenanigans, I'd be rooting for them. Cause I'm like, yo, I really want you to find the love of your life. Mm -hmm. But you performing it on social media is not going to be what <laughs> finds you that love. Right. And like, I'm hella entertained by it because I'm just watching it and I know exactly how it's going to go each time because I've yeah. seen it over and over and over again in the last, I've been on Facebook for 12 years at this point. Wow. Yeah, like I, so you see it. I see it. It's, it. You see it. And I, for people who wonder why I don't really share much of my relationship on, on social media is because of Facebook. So I got on Facebook. I haven't been on a Facebook as long as you have, but I got back, I got on, let's just say like eight years ago. And I was that girl, like, you know, at exactly 30, I finally had like my first real grown up boyfriend. And every time we did something, I took a picture on my Blackberry and posted it. We're at the game. We're doing this. We're doing that. When we broke up, yep. girl. I have never felt more on the spot and embarrassed when I had to go through and scrub those yep. photos. And, t and I just said to myself, I will never go through that again. So that's why I don't show people. Cause I'm like, until I traipse down the altar, you ain't gonna see nobody's, <laughs> you're not going to see nobody's full nothing, you know, because it's just too embarrassing. Um, but okay. First stage is they go on the, on the date. Stage two is the love quotes. What are these? What are these love quotes? Oh my god! You know the when people start posting stuff like "love is when your heart floats up in your mouth," <laughs> like and, and then, like all of a sudden they become Maya Angelou's like mentee, and they're yeah. like, "Love is when your spirits flies," and you be like, "Word, word," <laughs> and, they, and and it's like their good morning uh, status every morning. Like, "Love is good morning, y'all." Love yeah. is when you feel fulfilled. <laughs> Adam, you'd be like, word, okay, okay, you right. 
<laughs> okay, I know it is. It is okay. Stage three <laughs> is when is when you become Facebook official. Yes, yes. It's when like it official like you actually tag each other and like on your status it says in a relationship with, and everybody can mm-hmm. like click through their status and you know my nosy ass is always like clicking through. Yup, let me see what they about. <laughs> okay, okay. I may or may not know him and know his uh, juice and be like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm, girl, that's not gonna. That's really not gonna work. Um, yeah. But other times, I'm just like, interesting. So this is when, of course, everyone starts to comment. Congratulations, yeah. girl, as if they just won yes. a trophy. <laughs> like, girl, right. you just got a te- you just you just got the Pulitzer. Congrats, girl. Yes. <laughs> and that's another uh, another reason why, like, people ask me why I don't. I am in a relationship. And you, you're in a relationship, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And people ask, like, why I don't, you know, somebody just wrote me today, like, why don't I show his face? Or why don't I show him? And it's just like, number one, everybody's not into what we do. You know, it's like he's not into being on social media every day. And number two, it's just like, um, it, it's this thing of, like, you don't even give me a chance to really to date like we that part is just now gone because we've glamorized relationships that if the minute that somebody wants to like take me somewhere i that is now more important than anything i have ever accomplished like the pictures that i post like if i ever post i have posted a couple pictures of the person i'm in a relationship with and like a side picture or just something and those pictures get more likes (laughs) than then the fact that maybe I did a TED talk or, yep. you know, something, yep. it's just like, she got a man, girl. She got a man, chat. See, that's the thing. I've never posted my relationship status on any any social media. I've never talked about my relationship publicly. Mm-hmm. I've never posted a picture. Well, like, if I've posted a picture of him, people mm-hmm. don't even know because that picture has no context and it's just not me right. and him in the picture. Right. So it's now everybody about to go scrub all your pictures girl. and be like, I think I found him. Yeah. I think I found him, girl. That's hilarious because yes. they wouldn't be able to. And anytime I would post a picture of me and like a guy, mm-hmm. people are like, Ooh, I see, girl. And I'm just in my head like that's like that's a red herring. But yeah. for me, it's just important because we live such public lives. Yeah, we posting. We you know we our jobs are social media basically. I don't right. need my personal life to become a social media peace i don't need it to be a subject and right it's really important for me to have sacred spaces and that's yeah. a sacred space yeah and you do you do a really good job with that because i remember i was like is that your friend or your boo or like manager like <laughs> you're like uh yeah <laughs> but i mean i i respect it i totally respect it because i think that people don't realize that with what we do we spend so much time out in the front you know so you know and to have just a sliver like you said you write 99 percent of your blog you you are public 99 percent of the time and just to have that piece of something that's just yours is priceless absolutely Yes. Okay. Stage three point five <laughs> is the couple is the couple album. Oh yeah. Okay. So what is that? Oh that yeah. Means- all of a sudden, they actually have an album that's <laughs> all about them and their bay, mm-hmm. and it's like pictures of like them on vacation, them at brunch, them on. <laughs> you'd be like, what? sometimes it's them in the bed, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, who took that picture? Like, <laughs> was somebody else in the room with you? Like, how did you even? How do y'all have a photo shoot? This is what I want to talk. This is the one thing that's getting on my nerves. And I shouldn't say this because people are going to be like, you're not being nice. But is the love your spouse challenge correct? Okay, yeah. We're on the the tail end of that. Yeah. And so I talked to one of my girlfriends yesterday. She was like, girl, I skipped a couple days because he was on my nerves. Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just you it's like it's one of those things where i feel like facebook will have you feeling super inadequate because yeah. it seems like everybody's in love and it's like i even saw there's somebody that i used to date who i'm still facebook friends with don't ask why in some kind of way his new booze picture of them posted up in my feed and she was like the most amazing like everything she said about him i was like girl give it some time give it some time girl <laughs> <laughs> give us some time and I will see this going away. So stage four is my favorite part is trouble in paradise. Yeah, girl. The passive aggressive status is that, that it's that Bob Marley one. When so I can't remember. Don't awaken a woman's heart. If you if have, you no one right. to <laughs> which is crazy, is which is crazy. Cause Bob Marley was like a Raven womanizer. He awakened a bunch of hearts that he wasn't even willing to, to carry himself. Yes, but when I see that status go Yo. up, that is when I know that everything is about to be hit the fan. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. and it's so predictable because again, when you live this all out loud, mm -hmm. people who don't even like there are people who I've, I haven't spoken to in five yes. six years, like who I can tell you exactly when they were broken up. Yes, it's just so strange to me that you can. This is beyond vulnerability. This is beyond mm -hmm. transparency. This is. This is like <laughs> you thinking you're in your own reality TV show. Yes. And everybody is a is a watcher. Because right. I should not be able to plot your relationship cycle. Right. Because you you and the, the thing that's crazy is like they don't even see is that it has become so because of Facebook, we can we know exactly we can time it. We can time of it. When, we can time it of when it's like countdown, like soon as the shot fire countdown, and they they may get back together a couple more times. You of know, course. they may pro. They'll you know you know cooking for my king. Um, ha! Cooking for my king. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> right, and then stage five is the breakup, which we've all experienced. They're officially done. And so you said that you don't know you, if you'll ever change your your Facebook status to married or if you'll ever show the person your, your spouse. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. It'll depend. So like, unless I'm married, I, you won't be seeing any like, oh, my God, or like you won't even mm -hmm. know who I'm dating. Um, right. Unless it's kind of like, oh, you saw me out in public. All right, cool. But you won't be, yeah. I won't be posting nothing. Like, and I said on my wedding day, I might not even should post his face. <laughs> we don't know yeah. these things. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. But I just. See how you, you might, you might feel overwhelmed. Every now and then I do feel like the times that I've posted my boo is like, I have just felt overwhelmed, but not enough to be like, you know, every day he did this for me. He did that for me. He got me flowers. He did this. You know, it's like, it's not that serious. It's nice, but it's not a big deal. Right. And it's kind of like, is it for you or is it for everybody else to kind of applaud? Yeah. Because right. that's, that's what the thing. Lovey. Now I want to take on some my taught you listener questions sweet let's do it okay okay here's a question all right <clears throat> uh my leak learning about you and other successful people it seems are all workaholics and thrive off doing their best success and learning is their passion and they can apply it to be great at anything i have never been this way i so want to be great but i've never had that level of drive advice oh man <laughs> that's hard because how do you teach drive yeah drive is like something that's inherent in you it's one of those things because usually what drives you is something that motivates you so you're not driven by drive by the by the need to have drive you're driven by something else that kind of 
pushes you forward. And for me, mine is the need to have freedom. Mm -hmm. I need to be free. Um, so that drives me to want to be successful. Right. You gotta, basically, you have to find what your motivating factor is. That's good. That's a good, that's a good answer. And I agree that like, my thing is, is that I know how I, you know, I want to, how I want to be able to work, how I want to be able to spend my day. And the only way that I can do that is if I bust my butt and make sure that nobody has to like babysit me or check on me to, to make a, a life. Right. So that's a good one. Next question. Hi, my leak. I'm starting to get into branding my side business. Of course, social media is one of the best ways to begin my brand, but I'm struggling with putting myself out there since I'm not that much of an open person. Any suggestions? Um, the idea of branding and putting yourself out there, your brand is really what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So you want to just create a version of yourself in your business side where people will say whatever you want them to say. If you want them to say she's like a genuine person, if you want them to say she's super smart, what does that look like? What type of content can you put out? And in terms of the fear, you kind of just have to get past it and jump in feet first. Yeah, that's, that's real. And I think so many people I was, I remember years ago I was speaking and this girl was like, you know, I don't, it was about Instagram how she didn't really want to be on there because she was so private. And I was like, well, what do you plan on showing? Like, unless you're showing your bra and panties, like you, you decide what you post. Like people won't get in your business if you don't allow them to. Right. Right. So yeah. Create boundaries for yourself. Create boundaries that people can't come over. Yeah, exactly. Okay. How do you remove friends who you no longer see fit to be friends without creating any ill feelings? Um, I selected the wrong, wrong group of people to connect with and I no longer want to associate myself with them. How does one do this? Um, you kind of separate yourself slowly, surely. You hang out less. Like if they <laughs> hit you up, seriously. Right. Or you can actually have a very, if you're very comfortable with confrontation, you can have the, this is why I don't want to mess with you no more conversation. <laughs> But most people don't have that in their spirit. So yeah. what that looks like is you hang out less. You're less around them. You don't have to be around their proximity. Um, I mean, find other things to take up your time. And But here's the thing, though. If they ask you about, hey, I noticed we're not as close as we used to, then please be honest with them and say, well, mm -hmm. honestly, I just feel like we are in two different places. We don't see eye to eye. You know what I'm saying? Like, be honest if it's presented to you. But if you're like, Oh, I don't want to tell them exactly why. Well, then kind of separate yourself physically. Yeah, I know. I'm like, is the, are these people coming and kidnapping you? I get asked that question a ton. And it's just like, the thing is, is that people just eventually grow apart. And I think that sometimes we make more of a big deal of it in our heads about how we think that they're taking it. Um, you know, we are now hyper aware about how we think that they feel about us not hanging out as much. And at the end of the day, you know, it's like, if like you said, if they start to feel some type of way, like they notice that you're not responding or you're like every time they hit you up, you're like you're busy. Um, there is a way that you can do it where you can kind of just separate yourself. And I've done that where it's just like, you know, it just kind of feels like we have different interests and, you know, I'm moving in a different direction. Right. Right. Which is what it is. Um, OK, this is another one. Since graduation three years ago, this is the one I really wanted to know what you thought. 
Since graduation three years ago, my partner and I have lived in three different countries due to his work. So I haven't stayed in one company long enough to get promoted. Now I'm ready for the next step in my HR career, but finding it hard as companies seem to miss that promotion. What would you do? Oh, man. Mm -hmm. That's a hard field to be jumping around in. Mm hmm. The I don't know if there's are if there are remote HR company like companies who hire remote HR workers, mm -hmm. but that might be one thing she should try because if you're jumping around every year, yeah, a company's not gonna want to promote you because the moment they give you high responsibilities, you're gonna bounce again, right? So either you I don't know if I don't even know if HR you can do HR remotely i don't think so i mean i think maybe for like some smaller businesses but not really but my not for the my, major companies yeah my thing was like this is me probably being a little bit like i don't know dark my leak um i felt like your partner and i your partner you've moved around with your partner due to his work and at some point i feel like you might have to stop moving around for a second or your partner may have to start moving around with you. It's like, I have friends who have been in those kind of relationships where, you know, one person moves, the other person hangs back. But it's like, you may have to hang back. Right. Um, you know, you may, I have a friend, my best friend, his, the, he and his wife have been married, I want to say over a decade. And like, he moved to Atlanta first and she didn't move out for over a year until she found the kind of job that she needed as a professional. And she's, you know, this is a woman with her PhD. She's like, I'm not just because you want to, you know, pursue this something in your career until I find a job in Atlanta that is also in line with what I want to do. I'm going to hang back. And I think that when you are in like a deep relationship, you know, a, a relationship with that level of commitment, then, you know, then you do that. But well, that begs another question then, because okay. the question might even be less about the job and more about the state of the relationship. Because if you're in HR, a business that I mean, uh, like a field that's very it's one of the few where like people actually want you to be in the office. Right. And you're jumping around every three years. Are you doing it because you actively want to or are you doing it because you're afraid that if you don't go with your boyfriend, your relationship will not sustain itself? Right. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Like, are y'all deep enough? Ooh, that was deep. That was good. Right. If y'all are committed, do what you have to do. And right. and he should be able to understand. Um, I'm judging you by Lovey is out September 13th. I hope you guys enjoy the book as much as I have. And Lovey, do you have anything else you want to share with this group? This is so fun. Me and my leak were on a um, panel together <laughs> in Barbados yes. in uh, last December. And it's mm -hmm. funny because we were on a panel talking about branding and mm -hmm. her and I had opposing answers most of the time, but it was <laughs> such a good conversation that even when her question, even when her answer didn't agree with mine, I was like, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I see it. I see yes, it. Yes. Which I think some people don't really realize that like, uh, you know, you can disagree with someone. You can respectfully disagree. Everybody doesn't have to. We are just we've taken different paths to the same place. Right. Yeah. So we did. We did. We spoke on that panel. It was so That's good fine. to see you and hang out. Um, and I have a feeling that I'll see you again. I feel like you are doing your level of speaking engagements are just at a place that I'm not there. I'm like, oh my God. I, I look at your Insta I look at your your Twitter and all that. I'm like, I'm so not worthy. 
I don't. Oh my god! I don't me. matter in the world. I'm <laughs> doing these. I'm on the Chitlin circuit, and you're at the White House. You're you with Oprah. Honestly, can I? One thing I've learned in the last year is the power mm. of people seeing you in certain company. Mm. So, which is why when I do panels now, I am very selective about panels mm-hmm. and saying yes because. Okay. Truly, the people you appear on a stage with are your peers. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be on a stage with? And right. then, so once people see you on a panel with a certain caliber of somebody, the next panel you're invited to, that caliber stays up there. So, right. which is why we have to also be conscious of the company that we keep. And that's helped me in the last year. Okay. I do want your qu- your opinion on this because I know you probably care. What are your thoughts on all these like panels that are happening? It seems like I I remember it seems like they're the new something. Yeah, they are. I think so. Here's the thing about panels: panels can be painful to sit through, mm-hmm. um, because people don't know how to. People, everyone who is good at business is not a good speaker. Also, wow. everyone who is good at business. Everybody who's doing is not a good teacher. Mm. So what panels are starting to show is, and I've sat through enough, mm. where it's like, oh my God, this is painful because one person ends up sitting there and giving an answer that's six minutes long. Right. And you're like, why? You could have made that two clean minutes and be done. And right. there are people who will interrupt other people. There are people who never answer the question they're asked. They just oh beat around God. the bush. Yes. And you're like, why? And and as a as a person sitting in the audience, I always sit through these to observe what people are doing on that panel to make sure I never do that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. our panel was really interesting because everybody was getting great answers, like quotables, bite-sized stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is important because you're going to lose folks. You can't monopolize a panel. If you've spoken the last three times, let somebody else speak the next time. Even if you have the answer. And that's something right. that I had to like teach myself too, because I think I got the answer to every damn thing. And it's like, my leak, you don't have to answer this one, even if it's your favorite question. It's a conscious effort to literally shut up. And I, you yes. know, like I've had to teach myself that where it's been like, okay, I answered the first two questions first. This yes. one, I'm gonna let somebody else, even if they toss it to me, I'll be like, you know what? I'll answer after this person. It's just yes. being cognizant of the space you take up in a room. And I think that's even a larger life piece of being very aware of how you operate in spaces. There are certain people who walk into a room and command the attention, even when they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. If you're that type of a person, sometimes you actually have to step back a little bit and let somebody else have the spotlight. Yes. Yeah. My God, it's, you're talking to me and I have to do that. Like, I think sometimes I'm not aware of how big I can be. Yes. You know? And it's like some, you know, and I think sometimes when people see me kind of like falling back, it's not because I'm shy or I'm being awful. It's like, I'm just trying to bring myself down a little bit to give other people space to shine. But see, there's a difference in that. And there's a difference in people actively minimizing who they are. You know, so there's a difference in stepping aside to let somebody else take up some space and literally shrinking yourself to make yourself smaller. So nobody feels intimidated by you. You can't help that you are powerful presence. It's who you are. It's how you walk. It's the anointing you have. It's just a matter of if it's in spaces where it's a matter of speaking up, having to shut up sometimes to let somebody else's voice be heard. Because I have the same problem as you, my league. Like I, I can walk in a room and mofos be like, love. And I'm like, oh, snap, I didn't mean to interrupt whatever y'all are doing. Right. 
I have to actively be like, all right, I'm going to come through the side door to make sure I'm not like interrupting somebody's speech and taking up some of the, the space that I should not be taking up. But in like personal life, I love, first of all, I have to say that my leak, you are inspiring because you're one of the women who owns your power. And thank you. Women are not encouraged to do that. We are encouraged yeah. to always relinquish our power to make somebody else feel better. But like being able to say, I know my shit, I am the shit. <laughs> and it's because it's a fact, because I have proof behind it, is yeah. dope. Because yes, you you are the shit. You've done this work. So thank you. Yeah. I try. And people always say, like, how are you so confident? And I'm just like, you know, it's that thing of like, I, I know the stuff people when you know something really well people think you know everything and it's right. just like the stuff that i know i know really well right um, and and i and if you notice my message is consistent i just talk about the same stuff over and over again but i do have a question and i this is crazy one of the panels that i saw you were on i turned down even though it was great company because i felt like it was too expensive for I just felt like it was too expensive for young black women. What are your thoughts on like the investment part of these things? Like how much is too much? Because so many people are like trying to pick what are they going to go to this year? Who are they going right. to go see? I think it's a matter of the value, okay. right? Okay. So to be, to be perfectly honest, if you see me at a conference now, it's because I'm speaking that I'm not attending. Mm-hmm. So I tend to... Sometimes I don't even know how much the conference costs. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I know it's like, oh, it's the value. If I feel like there's value to be given at that space um, and if it's worth the investment. There are a few conferences. I mean, I paid for Summit last year, which cost a goddamn ton. I did too. And yeah. I- and like, honestly, I didn't learn anything from Summit. I made connections. Okay. Are so, you going back? No, not this year. Same. <laughs> I, yeah. So it's like, for me, I basically said, okay, who do I want to meet? Is this money going to be worth it? And yes, mm-hmm. the connections I made on that boat were definitely worth the money I put down that day. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's, it comes down to that. You'll learn, you'll start understanding what types of connections are worth it and what's not. Right. Based, you make mistakes. You'll go to one conference and be like, oh, I wasted my money. Okay. Well, yes. th- learn what made you feel that way. Right. Like, what right. was the thing that made you say that was a waste of my time? I can't do it again. Right. And then for the next one, also see who's going to be there. Because here's the thing. If I'm going to some conferences I'll pay for now is if the people who are speaking have way more experience than I do. One, two, have proven themselves over and over again. And where Mm -hmm. I know, okay, then I'm just going to be getting up there spitballing and giving me inspirational quotes. I can't do much with inspirational quotes. Give me takeaways. (laughs) Right. Right. So I would still consider paying for a conference, but it needs to have actionable items because everyone's teaching classes now everyone we got webinars now yeah what makes it good is this person a good teacher right that's that's yeah i would uh on summit for me seeing martha stewart was huge for me um because she's just such a g consistently consistently she's consistently don't care and i was just like you know i saw she's doing that show with she's got a show coming out with snoop dogg and i was like she's dope like martha stewart was amazing and then i went to a couple of different classes that i thought were good but like you said you know i i think for me you work in tech technically and i do too but i'm mostly in beauty and i was like i needed to be on a ship with a bunch of beauty people experts and companies and stuff like that 
So that's why. I mean, it was it was good to go and see how those kind of things work. But I right, I would yeah. be going back this year. I feel like I already made my connections. And yes, yeah. exactly. Well, I am so glad that you came on, and we are for real going to cut it this time. Um, and I can't wait to see all the raves you're going to get about your book because people are going to love it. 